Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 34 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with narrator Angelina Rocca. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you and get to know you a bunch better because you've been all over my feed and uh, I've heard such wonderful things about you as a person, as someone to work with. And the listeners were like, oh my God, Angelina. And so I'm like, I got to talk to this girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, it's okay. High expectations. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, we're just going to sit down and relax and have couple of drinks which in depending on where you're at it could be coffee it could be a margarita whatever's your choice you know so it's no problems but let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself how long you've been narrating and how you got started oh goodness okay let's try to keep this brief so i've been narrating for a little over a year and uh, so not that long and before this i was in radio network radio news I was a singer. Uh, I've done a lot of things with my voice and performance. And at one point during COVID, I think like a lot of people, I was really burnt out, was burnt out from the work that I was doing. Journalism is a wonderful industry. It's so important. It can also be really hard. And so I I knew there was a point where I had to find something else to do just for my own mental health and happiness and my family balance and life balance. So I took some time and thought to myself, what are the things that I love and what are the things that I do well? And I love books. I love reading. I love romance. I am a performer. I use my voice. I'm great at recording things. I've (laughs) assembled documentaries and all of these skills and things that I love came together. And I thought, I'm going to look, I'm going to look into voice work. And somebody years ago had suggested to me to do audiobooks. And I thought at the time, I was like, no, I couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly do, you know, be an audiobook narrator. And that always stuck in my head. So I took a voiceover course and I took an intro to audiobook narration course. And the audiobook narration course, as soon as I started it, I knew like this is, this is for me. This is what I want to do. And I was obsessed instantly. And that obsession has continued. So do you find that you're still just as in love with audiobooks and the romance genre as you were prior to starting? I ask because sometimes what, you know, they say, oh, do what you love, but sometimes end up being work and you're going, oh, I should have (laughs) never started. Like I know folks that will not, will keep things as a hobby and not make it into their professional careers because of the fear of losing that love for it. Because, you know, deadlines and requirements and expectations what about you have you are you still just as in love or more so oh, i'm i'm obsessive <laughs> i'm obsessive about it all and i i am the type of person that always has commodified their hobbies because I, i'm also a photographer there are so many other things that i've loved to do and that i've picked up because i'm like oh this is really interesting this is a great creative outlet and then i learn everything i possibly can about it and turn it into a job so I've done that quite often so yeah I I I love it just as much and when I started I remember you know doing some coaching and doing some classes and I would say like they would say what what do you want to narrate what are some of the things and people would assume nonfiction would be the thing that I wanted to do because I come from a background in journalism and and I really wanted to stay away from that I said romance 100% romance that's all I want to do and people would generally say to me, like, well, you know, if you had to do 75 romance novels a year, you'd get pretty bored. <laughs> I remember, thinking, like, no, no, that's not possible. And confirmed, it is not possible to get bored of it. I I love romance. Like, I, I, I would sit in a chair all day and just read books to myself for fun. So the concept of doing it for a living and sharing that with other people is just, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. So it seems like you and I have that in common about making our hobbies into businesses. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I've done the same thing. And that's the, another reason why I was also asking, because there's been times where I'm like, I still love what I'm doing as a business, 
but sometimes I'm going, man, I got to have that order in. And it's like, oh, you know, so it's like the fun kind of, yeah. not that it goes away, it just looks a little different in some cases, it right? Does. It looks well, like it's, it's hard because there is, there is stress and expectation attached to it. So that's, that is, that is the hard part. I mean, sometimes some books are harder to get into than others. You know, you're dealing with rejection, you're dealing with reviews, you're dealing with people who don't like your work, you're, you're dealing with all of these external factors coming into play that wouldn't otherwise if it was just something you were doing at home and enjoying yourself. But I feel like the enrichment that it has brought to my life, to me as an individual, the people I've met, the relationships I've made, the friendships I've made, all of that um, just makes everything else worth it. Yeah. It's also why I'm not picking up epoxy. I want to do resin. <laughs> Right. I have an idea of these doing these like lovely trays with some stuff in it to especially like with because I'm such a lover of books concept theme to it. But then I also mm -hmm. know I'll go, Viviana, put that down. You're gonna end up selling it at your shop or you're gonna end up creating another thing to do. And there's there's stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but why resist? Why? Oh trust me, there's been times I'm like, oh look, there's a small kit. I don't need to buy the whole thing. This one comes with its own. Like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one day, time. one day you'll break. One day yeah. you'll break. One day I'll break. And that's okay. In the meantime, things like this, you know, chatting with you for the podcast is all I need and want for the moment. Isn't it funny how sometimes folks, when you tell them about the genre, they think is just the one and done that it's just romance and that after 75 books, you'll get bored. And I'm like, not with all those subgenres. <laughs> no. And and I, I don't think people understand romance. I really don't. People outside of the genre, people who haven't read the genre, I don't think they understand it. They just envision these, you know, Fabio covers and, you know, just, just think of it in a very superficial way. And romance, you know, yes, it's, you know, it can be titillating. It is fun it's something it's escapism all of these wonderful entertaining elements of it but romance brings people happiness it makes people happy and you know that it will always end well and for me as a journalist for so many years I was always telling people bad news I was causing people anxiety and it was never good the people that I was talking about it never ended well for them and I feel like with this, my goal is 100% to just bring some bit of joy into people's lives and help facilitate that. Because, you know, beyond, beyond the happiness, beyond the happily ever after, people also explore their traumas through romance. They also explore their sexuality and things that they don't feel safe to do in any other areas of their life and romance romance novels provides that vehicle for them to do that so i think it's just i mean it's so multifaceted and i just think anyone who knocks romance they really just don't understand it it's so much involved in there because of the different genres and the escapism i love that i know for a fact that there will eventually because sometimes there's these du you know trilogies or duets where you're like the arc <laughs> reaches across two books and you're going i know there's going to be a happily ever after <laughs> for me point. it's the, you know at some point it's gonna get there but the <laughs> journey is exactly what i you know what i love about it the fact that i know there's a happy ever after gives me that okay so whatever the journey is gonna look like it's gonna be worth it and i had yes. someone ask me it's about safe. it's, it's safe. A totally safety yeah and you you know that it's you're gonna be happy with that an ending versus the dun 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 moment right that sometimes you're going that's it um I had someone ask me about that. Like, well, isn't it kind of like also a bit of the whole, well, you know, they're going to end up together. And I'm like, well, when you pick up a thriller, you know, someone's about to get murdered or something's going to go bad. Something's going to go kaboom. And you know that someone is going to try to solve it or figure it out. So how is that any different? The look that they gave yeah. me. <laughs> it was like, Shh. I'm like, yeah, fucker. <laughs> that yeah, it's, I think it's just easy for people to knock it because that's what people do, right? It's like, it's like, with everything, right? With a particular kind of music or a particular type of TV. It's just the people can knock things really, they can find things that is sort of in the public discourse about that specific thing and latch onto it and just assume that that's the truth and that's all it is. And 
people do that with romance all the time and it makes me makes me very upset but i also feel that i'm an advocate for romance i try to get people to read romance as much as i can i have there's a group of moms that i'm friends with and i hooked them all on romance i was like okay here's your reading list let's start with this one and then we're going to go to this one and <laughs> now they're all hooked cuz i'm like this will bring you happiness yeah yeah, that, that's always a great conversation to have with someone because it almost becomes like a survey. Do you like this or this? Okay, based on the answer, you go over here. And then what about this or the fan? And then you start kind of like dwelling into diff- the different subgenres and then the one day where they end up. So long as you don't- Choose your own adventure. Right? It's exactly like almost like <laughs> choose your own adventure. Just don't toss them straight into like a high fantasy, high fiction book six in the series where you have no idea what the background is. Or something with such a long list of triggers that you're going, when is the book starting? Because you're still on the trigger warnings. Uh (laughs) Right. Right. Although that is a selling feature for some people. It is. It is. But I always say, you know, like, okay, you like spicy food. I'm not going to give you the most spiciest up front. I'm going to try to figure out what your levels are first, because my level of spice and, you know, when it comes down to food versus yours might be completely different. And you you Mm -hmm. might think the hot sauce, you know, what, uh a basic like like a mm, taco bell for an example is quote-unquote spicy and i'm like that's not even on my register <laughs> so right you know um that's where you kind of have to figure that out but yeah no i know for a fact that as soon as someone says dragons or shifters or vampires that's what they they go for as soon as they hear their wait there's a trigger list and i'm like yep okay we're gonna go to dark romance let's have this conversation <laughs> right yeah. oh gosh yes yeah. And it's, it's all in, in so much being able to provide them with some of that recommendation, but also finding some of the wrecks yourself because you're still reading. I mean, when do you find the time? I don't know, because it seems like you're constantly working. I am. How is that life work balance going for you? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I'm well, I, and this is a problem because I am an obsessive personality. This is right. I, I, I freely admit this. So, you know, there have been months where I've spent every single day in the booth for 11 to 15 hours working. I'm always working, always, whether it's recording or reading or listening or figuring out how to make my performance better and more connected or engaging with people online. I am always working. And it's hard when you really love it because people are like, Angelina, you need to just take a break. You need you need to get out of the booth. Find something you love, find something you enjoy that brings you. And I'm like, but this, <laughs> this makes me happy. This is my escape. I'm in this beautiful dark room. I'm a sales. Reading these like beautiful books, talking with wonderful people. And this is my escape. Get a massage. I'll just be <laughs> thinking about the book that I could be listening to or reading at the moment. So yeah, my work, my work-life balance is not great, but I'm, I'm, I'm still working. But at least you're still having fun. Uh, at least you're not mm-hmm. sitting there in the booth cursing at it. You know, I think that's when we we would definitely have to have that conversation about the work life balance. Um, yeah, no, and I'm just I I still and I'm still figuring out my capacity as a narrator because um I have been so fortunate to have a lot of books and to get a lot of work and to be somewhat in demand. So now it's like okay. How many books can I fit into a week or a month? Like I have, I think I have 11 books this month or in in August. And I'm like, okay, do I have capacity for more? Probably not. But I need to figure out like what that capacity, what that limit is. Should it only be eight books a month? Should it only be four, one book a month, one book a week? Like I, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does that factor in when it comes down to your voice? That's your tool. You know, some people will be designing graphics and that's, you know, thinking and then getting it on, on paper and pen or digitally. Um, but you're using your tool is your, your voice. And when, I mean, I know what it's like when I'm going to conferences or when I'm doing a back-to-back episodes after a while, I start sounding like this and that's just <laughs> not sexy. Uh, so what is what does your routine <laughs> I mean, look like? Well, hey, <laughs> right, <laughs> you get that, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, okay, I will be honest. I've been told um, that when I get <laughs> sick, and I'm like, listen, I'm, it's not worth getting sick. But I, I thank you for the compliments. I get that huskier, deeper range, <laughs> and I'm there. They're like, damn, Viv. I'm like, listen, thank you, appreciate <laughs> you. Um, 
but there's still that whole thing that's going on that's not healthy uh but how do you what do you do to keep yourself healthy from a vocal tool perspective doing so many books uh yeah and it and that is that is part of figuring out my capacity um my voice has been my tool since my early 20s uh since i was a singer and i would be in you know a bar in hong kong performing for five hours a night six days a week um so i learned really early how to preserve my voice during the day and how not to push it too far so i you know work on my support i make sure that i'm using it properly i make sure i hydrate and i steam and i do all of the things and i record early so i usually start i'm usually up at about 4 30 in the morning and i start recording at about quarter after five and by five o'clock i'm done for the day and then i give my voice that time to rest because in the evenings i just it, i know that it just it's too exhausted my body's exhausted and yeah, so it's it's definitely a fine balance that I'm working on. Well, also, while there is a lot of things in common with singing and one would say the same thing if you were doing theater and, and acting and stuff like that with the tool, you're usually just using your own voice with audiobooks. You're doing a lot of different characters. And so, you know, you have the different ranges, the different pitches, different cadences. How do you go about selecting what these characters are going to sound like and still maintain that healthiness. Well, I do, I do notice that when I'm doing dual narration where I'm voicing the male voices, that is definitely more taxing on my voice. So if I'm doing a duet, I know that I can probably do two and a half to three hours of finished audio a day and I'll be fine. If I'm doing a dual narration, then I know that it'll probably be I'll talk about it too before my voice starts to get really kind of raspy. And as far as creating the characters, I think every book I do, I am building up the repertoire of characters that I can draw from, the voices that I can draw from. So, I mean, the authors usually give some sort of indication. His voice sounds like rusty chains dragged over concrete. <laughs> um or he has a whispery voice or a rat, like they give little indications. And when I create a new voice, I clip it and I put it in a folder and I refer back um, to those characters. So I reference the text and then I just, you know, I try to be a bit creative. The main female character often is just, it's very similar to my voice depending on their age. Because some characters are eighteen, so <laughs> you know, so I have to I have to work on that a little bit. But yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. But. It does. It does. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting too because we have um, sometimes the while the authors, I think now they're getting better at including some of that when it comes down to their voices. We get great descriptions of what they look like. You know, yeah. the tall, the the amount of six packs if they have blue or green eyes, or you know, or they're they're chiseled and stuff like that. And we might get some indication of that huskiness in certain scenes, whether they're upset and they're pissed off and they're yelling and, you know, something or in those steamy times when they're whispering up and stuff like that. But yeah. that's only for certain scenes. So you got to figure out what these characters are going to sound like. Yeah. So that's always a good, good to kind of have that repertoire of characters in your head. I think and I do like, you know, if there's the sassy friend, you know, usually she's like down here. She's like kind of raspy and. You know, she's like the sassy friend or the bubbly one. Her voice is higher or mm -hmm. the cinnamon roll guy. His voice tends to be in my brain a little bit higher. He's not really, you know, deep and mm -hmm. raspy. So, yeah, yeah, I think you just build it up. You do. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of always like trying to figure out who you know in your life. Like, I know a lot of individuals. Yeah. I was in high school. That's the other thing, too. Like in high school that had the lower range Sebastian York tone scary um because you're going dude you're just 18 <laughs> <laughs> right uh, which is why he still gets cast maybe the the author had that friend um i know i did um and then you also have those you know women too that are like in their 60s and they still sound like they're 20 and they're up here and you're going i don't think i want to know how you're keeping up this energy because i'm not anywhere near your age and i still can't <laughs> yeah same same yeah. 
So you mentioned perfect. You, you can do a duet, you know, the duets per finished, you know, two or two hours for per finished hour. That's like, that means like you're in the booth for like four hours because usually it's for every one hour of finished recording that we listeners get to have in our earbuds. You guys are usually in the booth for about an hour, hour and a half to two, maybe sometimes three, depending yeah. how fast your process is. That's still a long day, girl. I love oh, I'm, I'm, that. <laughs> when I say when I say this, there are some days that I'm in the booth for 15 hours. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to say, oh, yeah, I just work so much. I, I genuinely I mean, sometimes I will take on another book because it's an author I really want to work with or it's a story that I really want to give voice to. And I add it to my schedule and I'm like, it, there's there's no other way for me to get it done if I'm not unless I am sitting in here for 15 hours for those days. So, yeah, and and I'm not as fast as some more seasoned narrators. So sometimes it is three to one, depending on my level of exhaustion, um, whatever else is going on in my life. So, yeah, it's long, long days. And we're like, oh, my God, we'd love this so much. When's the next one coming out? <laughs> like It just released today. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, goodness. I mean, the author has to write it and who knows how long that takes for them. And then you have to record it and that's how long it takes for you. And then they're like devoured in less than 24 hours. Uh, and it's a 30 hour book. <laughs> well, and the process, even beyond the recording process, is so involved and so long. I think, you know, it's like a month to two months to to produce an audiobook. Yeah, it I'm can sorry. be. And so, yeah, it's yeah. It's 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 time, and I always say it's well worth. I would much rather wait for the author to give me a great story versus rushing it and give me a, eh, it was okay. And I much rather list, wait for the audiobook to make sure that the casting is the accurate as, as best as it can be, and that the production quality is as it should be. If I'm going to pay for for a book, and that the end final product is as close to perfect as anything can be in life. And then everybody's happy with their performance and the authors with, you know, with the, uh, everything. It's just, to me, it's worth the wait. I know that as someone also that likes to like, when is the next one? Because <laughs> I want it now. I still have to remind myself that. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. And I, I think it's, I think it is important. And that's, that's kind of what sets us, starts to set us apart from AI is that there is a lot of work and care and thought and consideration put into creating audio, right? We aren't just running it through a program and it's done. It's, you know, narrators need to prep the books. We need to think about the characters and the context. And, you know, and I, I appreciate that hearing that from someone who's a listener because it is intentional, Right. I mean, I, 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 all of the audio producers that I know create their audiobooks with intention. Um, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the AI thing, especially with you being generally new to the, to the industry as, as a, you know, as a, in the working it versus as a, as a reader. How is that making you feel? Cause a lot of, the, there's a lot of insecurities, a lot of questions the the concept of from an author so from a business perspective a lot of the authors may be wanting uh with the focus on being audiobooks um they want the product to be out there for those that are you know listening you know that are reading impaired um also from a cost perspective how are you managing that conversation if you, you like has it been coming up a lot for you from a you know from a business perspective or not um well people do ask me about it often when i'm in when I'm doing my lives on TikTok, people will come in the comments and ask me what I think of AI and how I feel about it as a narrator. And if I'm worried, if they're going to take work from me. And I know that AI is a thing, right? It's getting better and better every day. They're working on it. And yeah, I think it will absolutely take a portion of the market. But... As a narrator, I know, I know in my heart that there is no way a computer or AI can recreate the emotions, the full range of emotions that narrators and actors do when they're reading a manuscript. Because there are some sentences where there are switches of emotions three times in one sentence. 
and, you know, you have an 80,000 word, 100,000 word book and, you know, a computer may have an overarching kind of emotional range. I don't know how they program it, but those kinds of nuances that listeners hear and listeners connect to, I don't, I'm not worried about computers, AI ever being able to recreate that because human emotion is not something that you can feed into a computer and process in that way, in in my opinion. Um, I do think, though, what it does do to me as a narrator is it puts a fire in my belly to be better, to constantly be figuring out and thinking about how I can further connect to the text and humanize it and give a better performance for listeners. Because romance listeners, as you know, romance listeners, romance, romance readers, they consume their books at such a high volume. And, you know, I mean, sometimes they'll listen to six to 10 books a month or read six to 10 books a month. And they have high expectations of what they're listening to. And so when they're listening and they know that a performance is not connected, they will talk about it. They will give reviews saying they didn't sound disconnected. They didn't sound emotional. So I am constantly, how can I be better? How can I be better than AI? Well, as someone that's worked in corporate world for a big chunk of her life and had to sit down to do those trainings uh, <laughs> where they're talking about processes and, and things like that, I've, as boring as those to- topics are, uh, there's been, I know there's been times where it's been read by a computer and I'm like, and I can't even do it that way. I can't, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so imagine when I'm in the thick of a romance and I'm going, yeah, no, I can't. It, is it around? Great. Is it a tool? Absolutely. And I think that we need to start looking at it as a tool. Like we would, yeah. I mean, you rem- I mean, you may remember when Kindle first came out, like eBooks, it was like, oh, the death of paperbacks. I'm like, no, they're still here. They're still in my shelf. In fact, they're pretty. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I can collect those. I can't collect mm, pretty books. So it, it's, <laughs> it's one of those, it's a tool. I mean, hand mixers, you know, was, were, was a tool. And, and now we have those big mixers, you know, the KitchenAid ones, and but we're still using the regular hand mixers at times. So it's it's just something that's going to be around. But I, I really think that having the conversations and distinguishing what is the real difference, and that's the emotion, whether it's yeah. the crack in the voice, whether it's it's the 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 happiness, the joys, the 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 what the fuck of the moments in there. It's it's important to have that. And yeah, and, and I'm glad that it's putting a fire, I think. From, from my side of seeing things as a listener, I think sometimes with anything, you're like, oh man, he phoned it in, or oh man, she phoned it in, mm-hmm. crap. And that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you're like, dude, that cannot be continuing to phoning in. And not only is there a line of new narrators coming out the, around the block, and let's, let's be serious, it's more around the city block, not just a regular block. <laughs> but now because something else is competing, you guys have got to bring it to the table and really bring it on there. And that's what we listeners want is that performance. It's like watching the play in our earbuds. Yeah. Well, and that's, and I think that should be the goal. I remember when I started, you know, I had the radio voice, so I had to flatten it. So I would do coaching and, you know, my coach would say, you know, you need to flatten your performance. You need to flatten it. And I think, you know, there was a school of thought at one point where you don't feel for the listener, you let the listener feel. And you just give a very understated performance. And that never felt, it never felt right to me, I think, as a romance fan. And the more I started to do it, and the more I started to listen, I, I realized that that's what people want. They want they want the connection. They want that performance. They want to hear that what the fuck, not that what the fuck. Like they want, they want to hear that the narrator is that person in their ears. They want that cinema they do. experience. Or also like even the like, how would you say it? Like a simple word as, you know, among friends, bitch. Right? <laughs> it's one of those where you can change that word just like fuck. And there's these things that depending on on the cadence, where you put the the emphasis, whether it's the beginning or the end, are you elongating something? There's just so much things that can, can, it says so much. And I mean, Darcy, you know, from Pride and Prejudice, when he's like, I love, love, love. I mean, like, damn. (laughs) You can hear the, you can hear the little breaths. And I know that, you know, breaths are a bit of a controversial, controversial thing when people are (laughs) listening to audiobooks. 
but like just the he has i think at one point he has the you know it's like his breath kind of catches yes he does right? he does for those right? that may AI not know going to give you that no it's AI not not absolutely no. not you cannot replace any of you guys uh and matthew mcfadden is one of them for those that may not know what the heck we're talking about uh at least for me i was talking about pride and prejudice the 2005 version with matthew mcfadden and kira knightley um mm. And I know some, that's another controversy. Which one's better, the BBC version of the movie? Uh, personally, <laughs> I like the movie. Uh, <laughs> I have a special edition. That's how much I loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's that one scene where he's proclaiming his love for her towards the end. And it's that line of, I love, I love, you know, it's like, however he does it, it's just, it's just like, wow, there's no way that AI could ever truly do that and make it believable. And oh. and it's that, that hitch that that yeah that the breath and all that fun stuff is just fantastic yeah you guys are getting a lot of controversy as far as the whole breathing thing breathing i mean first of all we're human we breathe right um yeah. and in the recording it's, it's it is so it is hard and i will tell you from someone who is a loud loud breather <laughs> um even now like through this whole podcast, I've been like, <gasps> like I've been hearing my breaths and I'm like, damn it. How do I position my face? So I'm not like, you can't hear me. I, I'm a loud breather. And, um, there is this, there is a controversy. And even within the narration world, when, when I started out, I would cut out all of the breaths in my audio. I just cut them all out. People are like, no, 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 you don't do that. Cause you're human. And you know, you, you shouldn't be, no, people shouldn't be cutting out their breaths. But then you do audio and you're going <gasps> between every <laughs> sentence. And I mean, I, I've i had reviews where they're like, can she stop breathing so loud? Because um, I do breathe really loud. And I can now, when I listen to books by myself of myself, um, all I can hear is my breathing. So I think there has to be a balance. I think people don't mind it. Just as like a little like, reminder oh yeah this is a human voice yeah but if if you're if you're listening to something in your ear and it's constantly nobody wants to hear that i don't think well you know there's there's certain things that we're all particular about (laughs) and i laughed and i was laughing my ass off while you were talking because i'm i'm very sensitive to to sound and noise and there's been times where i've turned to my husband and say can you just stop breathing because he breathes so (laughs) loudly right and it's like you know like and it's not sexy uh (laughs) it's not and things like that but i think the conversation needs to be is it the breathing or how they're recording because that i I think sometimes the when the description is their you know their breathy voice or when they say something in a breathy voice and they're always you know yeah. yeah and it's just all you're hearing is that, yeah, that's not cool and that's not good. <laughs> There's a happy meaning if you are a loud breather. That's also where your editor should be playing some magic and lowering that part. So it's not as um, but yeah, I think yeah. it's it's important to have the conversations, whether it's AI or things like this, that is a topic of, you know, controversy, unpopular opinion. Uh, but I think it's also good for feedback in some cases, right? Like how much like we do want it, but it has to be a happy meeting. What does that look 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 like? Right. And and I think it's going to be different for everyone because there are there are people who, you know, I'll just use myself as the example because, you know, because that's that's my knowledge where I, my realm of experience is. But there are people who are like, yeah, you need to work on your breath. And there are other people who are like, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. So it bothers me. So I know if it bothers me, then I have to deal with it. Yeah. Right. Well, there's a, yeah. There's also that difference too of like, and blah, blah, blah. And then you continue to talk that, that breath intake, that is distracting um, and can be yeah. taken out of there, but there's also some of the other things. And I also, and I do want to talk a little bit about it just because it, it's important. Many times the, both the narrators, especially in either duet or dual narration, both the narrators are doing the same amount of breathing in a book mm-hmm. and they will yep. ding you as a female narrator. And not say a damn thing about his. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 reviewers. Let's look at it. This, the, mm. If it's bothering you when she's doing it and he's doing it worse. Uh, listen, I don't care how sexy he sounds. 
in in one scene or two or when he says a certain word let's not mm-hmm. pretend and be harder on the girls um for filling the blank reasons and i think that that's something too that i'm glad that we're being a lot more vocal about it is yeah. how we some some reviewers completely remove the female you know narrator from yes. a review or a huh. a a acknowledgement of how awesome the book was and by the way the female narrator is about 90 percent of the book and you're going mm-hmm. what the fuck seriously yeah. Yeah. and then they're raving on the guys and not to take anything away from them i mean a lot of the guys are fantastic performers they're fantastic narrators but when they're only in the epilogue or out of four chapters out of like 65 and all i'm yeah. hearing is how awesome he was and how fantastic he sounded I am a not going to take that review serious and B talk about a disservice to you ladies as performers and as peers to the, to the feet, to the, to the guys and the reviews can totally ding on you guys from the most very basic stuff. And I'm like, guys, we need as a community, we need to do better, especially when we're all ladies. And people are, I see a lot of discord on social media but there are a number of creators who are talking about it and drawing attention to the fact that there is there is a bit of an imbalance there Mm -hmm. but I also kind of I I understand I understand when people listen to romance and read romance and often focus on the male narrator I I also get that in a sense but Mm -hmm. yeah it would be nice to have have (laughs) my name mentioned Right. Well, there's a so again when it comes down to the romance genre, because this is a topic of conversation I've been having for years. So I'm glad that it's finally getting a lot more traction. We as as the women that are listening or reading the books, we tend to put ourselves in the place of that female character and how we would say things or you know, kind of comes across similar to them. So when the the moment happens when it's not like you, don't ding the the writing or don't ding the performance because they weren't as sarcastic as you would have done it. About me, <laughs> in a moment, right. uh, that's just not how the book was written. You're you're not the writer, and and it's it's okay to kind of say, oh my god, when he said that emotional line because we may not be used to having an emotional partner, and this is how this sh- this is what we want in our lives. Or when he's saying certain you know sexy things in the bedroom, but at the end of the day it's a completely disservice to completely remove the the female narrator from a performance where they were doing 95, 99 sometimes percent of the work, not just the narration, but even the production side. A lot of listeners don't know that, that a lot of the times it's the female narrators that are producing the books. It's the female narrators that are working with the, the with their male counterparts saying, Hey, we need to start recording next week. We need to go over what these characters are going to sound like, because I'm going to give them the Southern Texas accent so you best not bust out with a savannah georgia one on your lines you know because those little details are important and usually it's the female narrators organizing this stuff and then the reviews yeah oh he was great i'm like yeah great he was great but hello right (laughs) but that's where i think us as listeners and readers need to start just being more honest with ourselves and saying, hey, if if damn, I did this in the past, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to be more conscious effort to not forget the ladies, but also the male narrators. Uh, there's something too that I've been wanting to talk to them more often, seeing thing. Hey, you guys need to step it up and be there for your peer, not just during a live because they're good at that, right? They're good at saying, oh, you're great during a live and stuff like that. But that's actually honestly how I came across you was a male narrator raving about working with you and i was like oh. first of all kudos to you sir <laughs> yeah. and it and it was not during the live it was just a conversation that they were posting about a book that was upcoming so it wasn't even during a live and i was like okay cool all right you're raving about something up here okay great uh, i mean i that- have to say i do have to say because there i mean i know obviously there's discussion about behind the scenes but i have been so fortunate to work with such wonderful male narrators. Everybody has been everybody has been engaged and supportive and I really haven't experienced any of those nightmare-ish situations with my male counterparts. Um, and they've all been really supportive. So 
yeah, I've been I've been really lucky in that respect. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, again, they're fan- a lot of the guys are fantastic, and some of them are not even on social media, so it's like like they're like we can't hold them accountable for not you know for not saying anything because they're not around to say anything, and that's fine too. But that's also like I said, how you know your name came across my 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 table, my you know my desk kind of a thing was because right. I, it was one of your your peers that had done a book with you that was just raving about you, and I was like, oh, that's so nice to see a guy oh. talking about a peer that's not oh i want to know who it is now who's <laughs> <laughs> talking about me what are they saying well all good um, things i mean literally anytime that your name has popped up in any conversation that i've had with listeners with um casting folks with uh you know other narrators both female and 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 male have all been all yeah. awesome stuff uh about all you know all things Angelique has been great so that's why I was excited to have I, this conversation with you. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I appreciate that. I, I try to, um, I know there's discussion about, you know, the whole toxic positivity and all of that. Yeah. But, but for me in this industry, my primary goal is to only put out positivity and boost up my peers and have positive interactions with the companies I work with. And I, I make an intentional effort to do that. So, I mean, it, it's nice that, you know, people are feeling it, that people are getting that back because I think it's just also from, you know, the industry that I come from where it wasn't like that. And I, I just generally, genuinely want to make people feel good about the work I do or about the books they're listening to. Yeah. So that's nice to hear. Yeah. No, it, the, t- yeah. Talks of positivity. I, uh, I'm going to call it what it is sometimes bl- blowing smoke people's asses because the reality is that there's, it's okay to say, Hey, I, I love your performance in this book, but you know, your accent was a little off, you know, it's, you don't always have, not everything is always going to be perfect. If it is. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'm going. Like when it, every book that that reviewer does is always a five star and everything is perfection. I want to be like, yeah, no girl, I'm not going to believe your reviews. I, I can't. Um, there is nothing wrong with having that feedback um, that's done nicely about yeah, that accent needs a little bit more work love and when yeah. to do it. Right. Don't call them out on a live. <laughs> right. Well, well, for sure. And I think, I think as far as like, you know, being positive or being honest about things, like I am, also one of the most blunt people that you will meet but when people ask for it you yeah. know what I mean oh yeah I'm not going to say positive things for the sake of it but I'm also not going to offer up criticism it's not asked of me because I I don't know I mean f- especially for the people I'm working with and I have so many narrator friends and we're all in the same industry working in our heads to kind of figure out our situations and how we're going to approach new work unless someone asks me, I'm going to assume that they have it already in their mind that they're working on it. Oh yeah. You know? No, I mean, and it's not your job for to, for, to provide that feedback or criticism with your peers. It is, I feel our jobs, if you're going to consider yourself a reviewer and if you're raving about a book or a performance and things like that, I mean, it could be anything from crumble cookies to the, the, the restaurant that just opened up. <laughs> it, it's just, uh, people are you know you have a bit of that responsibility i mean even if it's just a hobby if you're raving about a book and you have followers you know you have to be transparent are you getting paid if this is an ad or did you get the advanced reader copy or the advanced listener copy did you buy the book or you know are you bffs or or are they a client these are all factors that kind of take into consideration when it comes down to the review and it's it's part of the review process to provide some of that, you know, my, th- I mean, reviews are opinions and not everybody's a subject matter expert either. Mm-hmm. But if you have the same thing, like we were talking about if a lot of breath in there, I kind of think, well, that might be something to look at. <laughs> That's everything. But also too, taking it with a grain of salt, because again, opinions are like assholes. We all have one. <laughs> yes. But not having a yes person to be, you know, blowing smoke up your ass is also good and things like that. And for you as a, as a listener and a lover of books, and now you're performing them, is there a scene in a book that, you know, the, the meet cute or the first time they're having that banter, first time they're getting to that sexy time? Is there a scene that's your favorite that you're like, oh my God, this is what we're waiting for? Oh gosh. This, is there a oh <laughs> like a type of scene you know what I mean like the bantering or like when they first meet up you're like oh oh that's how they met um yeah I mean I love banter I love dirty talk I love <laughs> dirty talk the scenes with dirty talk are just my absolute favorite there was a book that I narrated recently 
that was a dual dual narration. So I was doing both voices and it was like pages and pages of this back and forth ping ponging exchange of dirty talk. <laughs> it was physically exhausting, but also so incredible to do. So I love anything with with dirty talk. Um, and I love I love when I encounter a male main character who just accepts and loves the female character for who she is for if she's like a strong female character who likes high heeled shoes, who's a career woman. And he just loves and embraces that. And that's like her, his favorite thing about her. I love, I love when I encounter things like that. Right. It's just fantastic when all the things kind of fit into play. What about genres? With romance being such an overarching umbrella, what's your favorite genre to read on a personal level? I'm kind of curious. Hmm. I'm going to say it's a mix between dark romance and I know this is going to be really broad, but contempt. Well, oh, this is hard. So I I love dark romance. I love contemporary romance, and I really enjoy paranormal romance. Anything with vampires in it, <laughs> I'm totally here for. <laughs> but it's hard because I, I, I love it all. I'm less, I think for me, I'm, I'm always drawn to the darkness of things. I like complexity and conflict and emotional depth. So those subgenres seem to have a lot of that. And that's, so it's more like, is this complex? Are they dealing with some deep emotional issues? Is it really fleshed out? Those are the, those are the stories that I'm drawn to. So are they along those same lines now when it comes down to the job side of things to perform these? Are these also your favorites to perform or do you have something different? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. And I feel like just as an actor, I connect, I find it easy to connect with emotional complexity. And that's why, you know, I also enjoy thrillers. So connecting with the tension and deeply emotional moments, I, I really, I enjoy that. And I, and I can tap into that really well. It's the it's the bubbly characters. It's the comedy that sometimes I have to work harder to get there. What about a genre that you have yet to work in that you're wanting to just dive into that you're like waiting for that book to come down? Um, quite honestly, I am doing exactly what I want to be doing. I, you know, sure, a, a thriller would be nice once in a while. But I came into this wanting to be a romance narrator and I'm doing small town romance. I mean, this month between between now and September, I'm doing a vampire romance, small town romance, hockey romance, fantasy romance. Like I'm doing all of the subgenres um, and then I have a dark romance coming out. So, yeah, this is I'm exactly where I want to be. I love when that happens. I mean, it's great to always say, oh, I would love to do this, but to to be able to say and be happy with what you're working on and doing for a living is is I love it when that happens. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've had a lot of experiences. I've lived a lot of lives. This hands down, this hands down is the best thing. The thing that makes me that has made me the most happy that I've done in my life. It's incredible. So you're working with words all day long, literally in your case, all day, <laughs> doing 15 okay. hours a week, Jesus, a day, excuse me, Jesus Louise. What's your favorite word, which is different from your favorite curse word, because that's the second part of this question. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, my favorite, delicious. Delicious. Okay. Delicious. I use that descriptor a lot. Okay. Yeah. So what is your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, there are just so, so many ways that you could say it. Fuck. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, it can express so many emotions in that one word. I love it. Yeah, it yeah. is one of my favorites too, for that exact same reason. Yeah. When a word can be used as a noun, a, a pronoun, an adjective, an adverb, it's golden. Right? <laughs> right? It's total verb. Yep. Absolutely. So what's a song that you have to sing to, uh, you know, sing along with no matter where it is. I'm talking about like groceries, you know, stores. What is that song that as soon as it it comes over the speakers, you're like, okay. And then you start jamming. Oh, this is embarrassing. Um, My favorite is Backstreet's Back. (laughs) The Backstreet Boys. Only because 
I was in high school when that song was a thing. And I don't know if you remember that video or if you saw the video and they're like, it's like spooky and Halloween. And I love yeah. Halloween. And Howie D is like a vampire. Mm-hmm. And it was like, when I was in high school, he was like this sexy, you know what this started in? Hey, I, I feel like I've had an epiphany because mm-hmm. I love vampires. I think that started with Howie D in ah. Backstreet <laughs> in the video. He was this wonderful vampire and, um, and, and I have a, she's still my best friend from high school. And every time that song comes on the radio, mm. I will videotape it and send it to my friend rocking out to it because that was like our, mm-hmm. our jam for a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is good. That's a good song. And that was a really good video too. Honestly, even right? when it came out, we're like, okay, well, I don't, I don't think it came out initially around Halloween, but the whole concept was, was really well done. It's a good one to dance to and sing totally adding it to my list of a, a playlist. So when you and I finally get to hang out at a convention, <gasps> we're going to play it. And- we're going to dance. I'm going to get up. I don't care where we are. Yeah, definitely a DJ party when there's a DJ party. Uh, like we need to make sure that's on the playlist. But speaking of conventions, you are actually going to be signing at some of the upcoming event, uh, conventions this year and next year. You want to give us a, a rundown of what those are, where people can find you. And if you guys are, if I can't make it, can one of y'all just add that to your playlist and just send me the video? <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I mean, I will send you a video. Yeah, um, good. <laughs> Uh, so the first one, and this will be my first yeah. book convention ever just attending, uh, is Indies Invade Philly in October. Um, I'll be a signing narrator there. And I am just, I'm so, so ridiculously excited for that. Um, because I will also be there with narrators who I admire. So, um, yeah, I'm super thrilled to be there. I will be going to Love in Vegas just as a reader and then uh, readers take Denver just as, as not just, but as a reader, as a fan of romance. And then I will be signing at Wild and Windy in Chicago. Okay. That's what I was about to ask you because they just started a new one in, in called Wild and Windy West. And that's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. So I was like, which one? <laughs> so Chicago. Yes, so yeah, Chicago. So I'll be going to the Chicago event as a signing narrator. And then um, I will be signing at Beyond the Read. And that is... Oh my gosh. I think tickets just went on sale for those too. It, it did. One. Yeah. I think yesterday it did. Um, yeah. Okay. So we'll have lots of opportunities to to hang out with you and 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 play the Backstreet Boys is back again. <laughs> right. I mean, and I'm just I'm looking forward to because I speak, I I feel like when I when I speak with people who read, listen to romance, who are fans of romance, as soon as I talk to them, I feel like okay, we're friends. We are automatically, so I've made so many friends who are going to various events. I'm just like, yeah, we're going to hang out, right? We're just going to, so I am looking forward to meeting my friends and seeing them in person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. I'm glad that you shared that you're also going to be going to these two other events, but you're not signing at them. They're just going to, because that's one of those, like, like let's get lunch together and, and, you know, do these, you know, go watch a panel together or go hang out at the bar and have a drink. <laughs> yeah. I'll have freedom to just, to stand in line and get my book signed. Like I, one of the traditions, one of the things that I do as a narrator, and I'm sure at some point I'm going to run out of space for this, but I buy all the books that I narrate. And so I have every single book that I've narrated up until this point. Um, so I'm going to be taking those and having my author sign them. Mm, so those are, I love that. That's that's my goal when I attend. <laughs> nice. It's nice. I love that when that happens. I, I have, there's a bunch of books. I was going to tell you, uh, Ikea will probably be your best friend. Billy bookcases are fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have several of those. Uh, and I, and I got them where they're like double stacked a bit. Cause I have high ceilings. I'd take a picture of this Ooh. stuff one of these days. Yeah. Double but, stacked. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but at the same time I'm going, I need to replace my floors. This is not going to be a fun project. <laughs> I have to move those bookcases, but yeah, it's, it's great to have them physically and stuff like that. But I'm, I know a lot of folks are going to be wanting your signature. So I hope that you come make sure that you bring your Sharpies with you. Make sure that you have maybe some book plates too, in case for fun. So people can get your signature and uh, so you can hang out and have them on your book, in their bookcases with their books signed by you too. So that's going to be fun. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe, and I'm bringing some like, st- I'm getting stickers made and I'm going to make, you know, those Taylor Swift bracelets. Remember well, that? Like, it's hilarious how it's being like, yeah, you know, Taylor Swift. And I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, we all had those growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Anyway. I know she did not create them. These are not new yeah, folks. <laughs> no, it's true. It is true. She did not, she did not create that, but, but <laughs> I guess it's it's seen a resurgence. It has, it has. Yeah. Formerly known as friendship bracelets, I think is what they used to be called. If I'm all right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's that's the old school name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dating ourselves. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. I accept it. That's fine. Yeah, me too. Um, so I'm making bracelets. Oh, I'm okay. Making- all right. What what is your so if if we come to your table and after we we fangirl over you and get you to send something. <laughs> And we're like, oh my god, bracelets! What is your bracelet gonna say? Are you keeping it a surprise? Um, I I'm not sure yet. I I'm 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 toying with a few ideas. Okay, but they all have sort of a color theme. Okay, nice. so yeah, I guess you'll have to see. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to see. Yeah, I, I've been um making a few of those, and I have my supply stash because, like, as we talked about this beforehand. Uh, <laughs> everything begins a business um with the boutique that i have um because it's been such a popular trend but not everybody has the capacity or the time or the knowledge to do them I'm like i'm just going to create some fun ones that are audio based and sell them so people can have them for these events and so i've been working on those they're 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 fun to make but also man when that that rope snaps and the beads go everywhere you're like god damn it <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's unfortunate that, isn't it i mean has, has that happened to you yet or not yet or have you started uh, i have not started yet i oh. have not i have all of my supplies okay good um, okay but yeah i i don't i'm gonna start with a positive mindset and hope it just never happened no nope. well, you're, you're gonna be like listen Viv, not, it didn't happen to me at all <laughs> i mean no, well, right? good for you right. <laughs> <laughs> But also now if it does happen and you start giggling, I love you. And um, I'm not doing the evil laugh at all. Um, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay. Welcome fair. to the club. Yeah, Welcome to the club. Message. Yeah. <laughs> Commence cackling. Yeah. Yeah. All in good fun and in love for sure. Mm-hmm. One of the things I do love to do to get to know you guys better is have you tell us three, uh, three things about yourself, which is the two truth and a lie. And we mm-hmm. have to figure out which one's the lie. So are you ready for that? Oh, I'm ready. All right. So what are your three things? Okay. I was born and raised in a crater. I ride a motorcycle. I lived in the Arctic. Hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. She did good, guys. She did good. So born and yeah. raised in a crater, you ride a motorcycle, and you've lived in the Arctic. Yep. Hmm. Which one? I know, because I can totally see you as a badass riding a bike. <laughs> right? I got the yeah. voice for it. Yeah. Um, born and raised in a crater. Why not? Because, you know, that could also extend us out some of that creativity and then, you know, the stuff that you love to do in general, just because it's just something different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the Arctic. Okay. Hmm. Cause that'd just be interesting too. Um, hmm. Let's shoot. Is the lie that you've lived in the Arctic? No. Huh. I read the morning news on the mm. radio. In the Eastern Arctic for several months. Wow. I think that the Arctic would have been the truth, but I was like, let me try that. <laughs> oh, okay. See now. Hmm. Is the then born and raised in a crater the lie? No. Wow, girl. <laughs> yeah, I was born and raised in the city in a city that was created by one of the most massive meteor impacts on Earth in the history of Earth. Wow. <laughs> yeah see that's just uh very creative and how you you know send that because honestly how many times has the earth been hit with craters that potentially could have created series there's a lot of cities out there but just how you've said there, it there were i mean this because this particular city is i mean they do um astronauts do training in the city that i come from because of the landscape and how rocky it is and um, just because of the the composition of it and you know there's a lot of mining in the town because of all of that so it's a big part of the identity of the, the, of city. the city yeah wow that's fantastic so it's a lie is you don't ride a motorcycle yeah no no <laughs> yeah. i might I, I might sound edgy but oh god no, no thank you 
Yeah. It's always interesting. You'd be surprised. That's why I never assume anything from anybody because there have been times where, you know, the sweetest, most, you would never think that they would potentially risk being on a motorcycle, for an example, are the ones that not only own one Harley, but they own two. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) yeah, you know, they're so over conservative. They've never bungee jumped. No, they skydived. (laughs) So you just never know. Like, why would you jump out of a perfect? Okay. But, but yeah, so you've done. Okay. So they're riding the, have you ever ridden a, a motorcycle at all? Um, I've been on a motorcycle a couple of times. I'm, I am an adrenaline junkie, junkie in a different way. I like the adrenaline of deadlines, and like the more like intellectual adrenaline. God, I almost spit out my water <laughs> <laughs> because I totally. I love how you. It was the delivery. See, this is where AI again could not compete. The delivery of right? the. I love the adrenaline of deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like it's almost like saying like, oh, my God, the 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 loveliness and the mm, I get when I get a, when I see a spreadsheet in front of me and it's color coded. <laughs> right. Yes. School supplies. <laughs> you know. Yeah. OK. No yeah. lie. Florida here is just started yesterday. The back to school sale uh-huh. free for no taxes. So it's back to school. No tax season yeah. for us here in Florida. And my kid is already in college. He does not need any school supplies or anything like that. And I'm going, I want to go to the school supply section. <laughs> so. Right? I mean, a new a new package of highlighters. Is yes. like, you know, it's like ASMR. Mm-hmm. You're opening it up, opening it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. notebooks are my downfall, too. They get really cute notebooks. Oh. and down- Yeah. Those yeah, are my downfalls. Same. Yeah. And then, of course, um, going to conventions, I'm like, I need a new pack of Sharpies. <laughs> right? so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's your delivery of that, you know, adrenaline of a deadline. Uh, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's just like, yep, there's my girl. That's just one of the many reasons we get along. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go, tell us all about the things that you can tell us about your what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that we're going to be getting in our earbuds. All right. Um, I have a few really exciting projects that I can talk about that I cannot talk about yet, but just know I'm so excited about them. But also, um, I'll tell you, Hitched by Lauren Beale will be out very soon. I narrated that with uh, Teddy Hamilton. And for people who love dark romance, it is, I'm going to use that word again. It is so delicious. It is (laughs) really dark. Check the triggers. Um, There are a lot of them, but I'm really looking forward to that releasing. There's another book called Holding On Today, and that's written by Lily Casey. I narrated that with Troy Duran. Lily is an author that I met on TikTok doing one of the femme narrator takeover things when I when I first started t- doing TikTok. And she had me read an excerpt of her work. And since then, we've become friends. We work together. And I'm narrating, I want to say, four of her books, five of her books through the next year. And she's just such a fantastic writer. She writes great spicy scenes, but also hitting, you know, what I love most, the complexity and the really deep emotions of uh, these human characters. So I'm really looking forward to those those two books that are going to be released. And I know there are others, but it's, it's just like I I have about 10 that are in post-production and I just have no idea when anything is going to be released. Yeah, so, that's yeah. true. I mean, there's been books that have that, you know, you finish last week that could potentially be released in another two weeks. Then there's books that you've done a year and a half ago that are just going to get released now. So yeah, it's uh, that's mm-hmm. good. But lots of exciting things coming down the pipeline for you. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so grateful for all of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Angelina, for taking the time to chat with me today. It's been such a pleasure. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. If uh, you're not following Angelina on social media, I will make sure to include all of her links on the day's post for this episode. And you will find those over at Viviana Enchantress of Books website. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Brittany Robinette Leiter, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. 
Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.